0: Welcome to Christ church Manchester Sermon Podcast. We are one church that meets in various locations across Greater Manchester. For more information about who we are and where we meet, please visit ChristChurchManchester.com. Does anyone here know today's date? 10th. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. It means it's a run up to Christmas, both in the shops, in our homes and in the church. So you're in luck. The phone is excited for Christmas. I know, I was like, what's happening? So, I have a question for you before we properly kick off. And it is, what do you think about when I say the run-up to Christmas? Shout out. This is a very interactive sermon, so. Presents. <laughs> presents. Christmas trees. Christmas trees. Lights. Lights. Pumles. Pumles. Cheese. Cheese. To to <laughs> I didn't know this had kind a of beard when I put this on. Um, all these things. I'm going to take it off now because that is quite a a big hat. In all these things, all these traditions, the Jesus part is often an afterthought. In the shadows of wrapping presents or putting baubles on the tree. So today, on the 10th of December, 2023, I'm going to try and remind you why we want to put the Christ back in Christmas, Christmas. Um, And why Jesus, why Christ is better than the star on the top of your tree better than a well-cooked turkey, even better than spending some quality time with your family. So we're going to take a moment to pause and to pray, then we'll open scripture um, and dive in. Are you with me? Yeah. Yeah. Father, I always love to pray this prayer that we would be good hearers of the word, but better doers. Um, Father, help us to be attentive to your voice, what you have to say to us today. Amen. Uh, so today we're picking up the story in Matthew, chapter 1, verses 18 to 25. Matthew is one of Jesus' disciples and author, also the author of the book, Matthew. But wait, before I read us the passage today, I want to issue a warning. This story is dangerous. Not the sort of danger where you have to cover your kids' ears or the sort of danger that you'll get put in because um, of the place that you live, at least not in this country. But this story is dangerous Because you already know it. Hands up if you've heard the Christmas story before. Take a look around. That's pretty much 100% of you. Um, Something happens when we hear something that we're familiar with. We stop listening and we don't let ourselves be moved. So before I open scripture, take a moment to try and wipe your brains of any recollection of Christmas. Try and listen to the story with fresh ears like you've never heard it before. of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife but he did not consummate the marriage until she gave birth to a son and he gave him the name Jesus. This story is dangerous because you already know it. How many of you heard the words his mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph but before they came together she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit and didn't batter an eyelid. Because church, what the heck? Put yourselves in Joseph's shoes for a sec. If your wife-to-be tells you she's pregnant and you know it can't be you that made her pregnant, you're going to lose some element of trust in her. And then if she goes, oh, actually, it was God that made me pregnant. It doesn't say so here, but I wonder if Joseph just laughed incredulously at her. Now, to bring a bit more context to this passage, Mary was likely to be a 13 or 14-year-old girl. Joseph, a little older, perhaps early 20s. In Jewish times, it would have been your parents who set you up with your future spouse. And so there was no choice, and you became engaged. An engagement lasted for a whole year, and it was pretty similar to marriage in that it could only be broken off through death or divorce. The only difference between that and marriage, though, was the fact you two weren't allowed to be alone together. You always had to be together in a group. So Joseph definitely knew he couldn't have been the father. But also at this time, capital punishment had been taken away from the Jews and put with the Romans. So if someone was caught in infidelity, if someone had cheated in a relationship, the Jews would hold a public trial, and if found guilty, the man would keep the dowry that the woman's family would have given him. So there was financial gain for Joseph for him to do that process, but it says he was honorable and that he would divorce her quietly. So my first point today is more of a warning. This Christmas story is dangerous. Why is it dangerous? you already know it. The saying goes familiarity breeds contempt. How do you feel about the Christmas story? Does it still move you? I think for me I've definitely fallen into the trap. When I think about Christmas I think about my favourite traditions which is decorating the tree, making a gingerbread house, getting to spend time with my family. It's very little about the celebration of Jesus coming to earth and very much about the celebration of Santa coming to my house and as a Christian that's not okay I need to do the work to remember what all these traditions are supposed to be celebrating. And it's not just the fact that this story is worth celebrating, but it's also packed full of miracles. So today, my second point is, this story is miraculous. We've just read that Mary has become pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Then we read that Joseph has, in a dream, encountered an angel. Miracle after miracle, quite literally. And I know most of you here in church believe the Bible. I know that most of you hear the story of Jesus' birth and believe it. But put yourselves into the shoes of someone that has never heard that story before. It's pretty wild. Virgins becoming pregnant, angels visiting people in dreams. They're not everyday occurrences. But if I was going to counter, if I was going to try and convince you of the truth of this story, don't you think that if you were going to be making up a story, if Jesus isn't real, then this isn't what you'd make up. If you were trying to start a cult following of a fake prophet, you probably wouldn't start with a virgin birth of a nobody girl. This story is miraculous, but have you lost the wonder? Speaking of wonder, why don't we look at an example of how we should be feeling when we hear this story? Here's a video of a kid meeting Elmo and the Cookie Monster in person. (laughs) Okay, that's a silly illustration, I get it. But... Jesus is so much better than Elmo and the cookie monster. And he came to earth at Christmas. He came to earth with a purpose, which we will come on to. But why are we not hopping around like that kid? Why, when he first, you see when he first sees Elmo, he's jumping up and down and he's like, Elmo! Why do people not get as excited about Christmas? Why do we not point to Jesus when we're getting excited about all the traditions? He is the reason for the season. And I think I'm guilty of this too. If I was in that, I'd probably be one of those adults in the lobby, looking over at the excited kid and thinking, ah, that's sweet. But there have been times and seasons of my life when I've been a bit more excited, like that two-year-old, when I've taken a moment or two to remind myself who it is I'm worshipping, who it is that I have a personal relationship with, when I see him at work in my life or in the lives of my friends, when I read his word and discover or rediscover new truths, But we have a part to play. If you're sat there thinking, I can't remember the last time I was zealous or passionate about my faith, then my challenge to you is, when was the last time you properly dwelled on what God has done for you? When was the last time you spent time with God? That kid wouldn't have been as excited if he'd just seen the cookie monster on the TV. It's only when he was in the presence of the monster that he got really excited. So take some time this Christmas to sit in God's presence and let him And his spirit fill you with joy. Now we've established that this story is dangerous because we already know it. it. And it's miraculous, so we shouldn't lose the wonder. But also, for people reading this story, it was shocking. This story was shocking. In verse 20 to 22, it says, But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Question, do you know which bit of this passage would have been the most shocking for Jews at the time? Shout out, some guesses. (laughs) Everyone's like, I don't want to get it wrong. (laughs) Sins. Sins. Correct. Well, (laughs) we'll just move on here. He will save his people from their sins. Now, these pages, right from the start of Genesis to Matthew, where we are today, this holds the real reason why this story, and this part of the story especially, was shocking. So let me attempt to explain in a nutshell. Or, should I say, <laughs> in a nutcracker. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. I'm just testing you're awake with some truly awful jokes. So we're going to go into a bit of detail here, so make sure you hold on to your hats. For years decades centuries God had been at work it all started in Genesis the first book of the Bible when God created the heavens and the earth and he also created humanity to rule over the earth who were the two people he created Janet that was quick love that Adam and Eve and the Bible uses royal language when we're looking at Genesis He created them to rule over the earth with God, to gather up all the raw materials of the earth and to shape it into the garden of Eden. Eden in Hebrew means delight, a place for human beings to thrive and to flourish in close relationship with God, with each other and the earth itself. But those of you who know the story of Adam and Eve, how did they do, pass or fail? Fail. Fail. Then he called who? Abraham. Abraham, who gave birth to a son named Isaac, who gave birth to a son named Jacob, who gave birth to 12 sons from four different women, who all became the 12 tribes of Israel. So Abraham is the father, so to speak, of Israel. And the same call was placed on Israel. God would bless them so that they would become a blessing. And that's Genesis language again, showing God's intent to use humanity to bring forward his kingdom. How did Israel do, pass or fail? Baal. So next, God calls the kings, Saul, David, Solomon, king after king, who all had the chance to become the anointed one. Some got close, but they didn't manage it. Pass or fail? So finally, all of Israel ended up in exile, in slavery, in Babylon. They were waiting for the Messiah to come and help them be saved. So by the time that we've worked through all of this to get to Matthew, the Jews. About a third of them were back in the Promised Land, but they were still effectively in exile because they were under the rule of the Romans. And they were also still in exile because of their sin. So looking at the prophecy in Isaiah, or a prophecy in Isaiah, there are lots, it's talking about the future when the exile would come to an end, and it says in Isaiah 40, "'Comfort, comfort my people,' says your God. "'Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her "'that her hard service has been completed.' That her sin has been paid for, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all of her sins. In a first century Jewish mind, salvation from sin was tied up with the end of exile and the kingdom of God. So, tracking back to that shocking statement, he will save his people from their sins. The Jews reading this would have known what the prophets had said, and they would have been waiting for this promised Messiah. And Matthew is effectively saying, here he is, your long and awaited Messiah who's gonna save you. He is this baby. That's a big shock. But looking at this sentence, he will save his people from their sins. Who are his people? Not a trick question. Israel. Israel, Israel. You might be sat there thinking, but what about me? I'm not Jewish. Does that mean that I'm not part, my sins are not forgiving? I'm not part of his chosen people? But this was all part of God's plan. If you know the whole story, if you save Israel, you save the world. Saving Israel was never about saving Israel. Israel was about the healing and renewal of all humanity. And Matthew was saying that the exile was over and the kingdom of God was here, all in that one line. Name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. It was about the end of exile and welcoming in a whole new reality, the kingdom of God. So the Jews from Genesis to Matthew had all been waiting for God's intervention. Humans had failed again and again and again, and they needed God. So God came down in the form of Jesus to save us from our sins. People reading Matthew might not have known this. Mary and Joseph, who'd just given birth to Jesus, might not have known this fully. After years and years of waiting, God had intervened, and this baby was the answer. This story was shocking. Okay, so we're coming into land now. You can let go of your hats. We know that Jesus didn't just come for the Jews. Inviting humanity to join in the renewal of humankind was a big part of Jesus' work on earth, of opening up God's kingdom to all of us. So what I really want you to remember after today, if you only remember one thing from this morning, is that this story is for us. This story is for us. In verse 22 and 23, it says, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. We sing the word Emmanuel. We maybe have it written on the cards that we give out. But what we're actually saying is that God is with us. God being with us is both miraculous, shocking and dangerous if we don't let that reality sink in. The creators of heaven and earth the Lion of Judah, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords who made you out of dust came down to be with us and to save us from our sins. This rescue mission to end all rescue missions started in a stable with a teenage virgin in poverty, no glory, no fanfare. And he came for you. And he came for me. The story of Christmas is just the beginning of God's amazing plan, but it marks a significant change in the trajectory of the human race and next year we're going to be looking at and taking time to dig into God's rescue mission story and to find out more about Jesus' life on earth but for now this Christmas let's take a moment to pause. We can be overly familiar with the story of Christmas. We can be distracted by the flashing lights and become busy with shopping or socializing and that is dangerous. We can forget that this story is a miracle in and of itself. Virgin births, angel visitations, this story is full of miracles. And without the Jewish context, we can miss the fact that this story was shocking because it was a massive change for the Israelites. But at the end of the day, if you remember nothing, remember that this story is for us because this is the story of God coming down to be with us. And his Holy Spirit is still with us now. And this message has just been as much for me as it is for you guys. I'm about to enjoy my 30th Christmas, and whilst this day will no doubt be steeped in tradition, I have felt challenged to take time each day to pause and to remember what this is all about. For some of you, perhaps you're relatively new to the UK and Christmas is a new tradition for you. So this is a reminder that Christmas is very much about more than mince pies and mulled wine. Or perhaps you find Christmas to be a really tough time Because maybe it's the time that you remember your loved ones who aren't here anymore. Or maybe you're struggling financially, and Christmas is one of the hardest times of the year for you. We're not all in the same boat, but one thing that does unite us is the fact that this Christmas story is for us. It's a story of hope, it's a story of redemption, it's a story full of miracles, and it's the story of how God stepped down from heaven to be with us. So whatever the season conjures up for you, don't forget that. Don't go home today without the reminder that this Christmas story is all about Jesus and it's a story for you. Thanks for listening. Christchurch Manchester is one church that meets in various locations across Greater Manchester. To explore this sermon or learn more about our church, please navigate to the links provided in this podcast description. From there, you can connect with us on social media. And you're welcome to check out the music links. Featured in this episode From our very own musicians You can also discover current events And information about where we meet on Sundays And various groups or community projects That you can join in with If you're interested in knowing more about us Or wish to join us for one of our meetings Please reach out Simply drop us an email at Hello at ccm.org.uk We look forward to connecting with you